Hello and welcome back to the Shanaki Podcast. We try to continue the oral tradition of storytelling in Ireland in a modern way through podcasting. We are collecting stories, personal experiences, tales, myths, legends from all around Ireland and across the world. My name is Brendan McGlynn. I'll be your host. Some of you may also know me under the name Ainer, under which I usually release music. The story on today's podcast is one that I'm quite familiar with, usually known for his incredible comedic timing, wit, and fantastic football abilities, <laughs> which I'm sure he's very flattered that I've said. Um, today will be hearing his so-called family secret, talking us through a real-life exorcism that happened to his father. I do remember when we were younger, I do remember him talking a bit about it, but even then, I think he didn't know or wasn't told a lot. Uh, but he has, for us, gone back and gotten all of the supernatural goss from his dad. A little preface to this um this project, as well as being an archive or collecting of stories and experiences people have had, it was a way to connect to people who are sort of isolated now. As we all know, COVID has taken over the world and she won't, she won't give it back to us. So people are isolated, they're at home. In an ideal world, um, we would obviously be in the studio and we would have amazing microphones that pick up everything and that give us a full spectrum of sound, but that's not the world we live in right now. We can't be in the same room together, and this podcast is being produced on phones, on laptop microphones, on bits and pieces of tech, which, in fairness, we're very lucky to have. But this means how people sound from podcast to podcast may differ. The audio quality will go up, it may go down, it may cut in, it may come out, cut out. I've done all I can to fix these things, um, but it's not perfect and that's kind of why I like it too because it itself is kind of a human thing, um, even though it's through technology, like everyone kind of engages with their tech a bit different than their phone and have it on the table or they have a different phone or they use AirBuds or they're li they living by a road, which we will inevitably pick up. Um, but for me, I really enjoyed the process of dealing with different qualities of audio, things cutting in, weird noises in the background, and, and finding ways to get around that. So I've done the best I can. And when this is all over, we'll all be in a nice studio, drinking cans, talking about ghosts or tales or whatever. But for now, let's embrace what we can't change. So here is Pierce Stevenson with his story, The Exorcism of College Park, his experience in his words. My spooky story is kind of my parents' story. It's kind of the closest thing to a family secret that we've had, I'd say. Only by chance that I found out about it. We were having breakfast one Sunday morning in town in Letterkenny uh, with our cousins. Um, my dad made some complaint about like a leak in the house. And my cousin piped up, you know, aiming at, 
At least it's not as bad as the problems you had with the house in College Park. And Dad kind of shut him down pretty quickly um, and changed the topic of conversation. But on the drive home, you know, I, I kind of twisted his arm and convinced him to tell me what the story was or what the crack was at the house. So they had this house in College Park up in Glencar and Letterkenny for years. They rented it out, my mum and dad, to mostly families. They had the house for like 10, 15 years and everything was grand, you know. Usually kind of young families settling in the area. And this one family, uh, I think it was a family of four, um, this couple, they had like a young boy and, and a baby. Everything was fine for like a few weeks or even a month, I think. Uh, they settled well. But then they rang up dad one day to kind of say that there was a strange smell in the kitchen. Like kind of sulfuric, kind of rotten eggs kind of smell. So dad just kind of organized for the old fridge in the kitchen to be picked up and a new one to, to replace it. Because he was like, you know, it's a pretty old fridge, it's probably due replacement, that could be where the smell's coming from. And that was fine, but like a week later they were like, no, I'm sorry, like the smell's still here in the kitchen. And so dad and a friend of his, they, um, they travel over to Larry Kenny to the house. And they're like, we'll give the, we'll give the kitchen like a deep clean, it's probably due one. So they rip up the lino floor and they replace it. And then they get the cabinets and they just deep clean the cabinets and like, in fairness, they agree, like the smell was pretty bad. Like dad kind of describes it as like a, almost like a smell of a dead animal. But they give the uh, the kitchen like a deep clean and, and everything seems okay for a while. I think the next month dad came back to sort of pick up rent or something and, or to fix something else in the house. And they just had a whole host of complaints or a whole host of things that had happened to them in the house. They kind of reckoned there was a bad energy in the house. They seemed kind of afraid of the house, to be honest. The way he tells it is like, I was sitting by myself in the sitting room while they were talking in the kitchen and they wouldn't, they, just, they wouldn't let me sit in the sitting room by myself. They were kind of afraid for anybody to be alone in the house. They said cabinets would open and close, doors would slam shut, furniture would kind of move upstairs, and furniture would just kind of move. It wouldn't be as they left it. There was sort of double doors between the kitchen and the sitting room. It would often just be in the kitchen, and the doors would open together as if somebody was opening them from the sitting room. They would slowly open and nobody would be in the other end. The house was kind of scaring them. They just felt that there was something going on. And Dad, you know, he's the landlord and he's kind of... I guess he was sort of thinking maybe they're looking to get out of their lease or... You know, he, he wasn't really... He's kind of... He's a, he's a skeptic, you know. he. I, I would describe him as like a militant atheist and... You know, not one to believe in ghosts or hauntings or whatever was, they thought was happening in the house. Seems like they were genuinely creeped out because there were nights where they were, you know, things got so bad that they wouldn't stay in the house. There's one thing that happened in particular. They stayed at like a friend's house one night. 
and their neighbours were coming back into the estate, driving past their house, you know, like two or three in the morning after a night out. And they saw every single light in the house on. Just like, you know, the house was completely lit up. The neighbours got on to this family, you know, the next day, and they are like, oh, you must have been, you guys were up having a party or you were entertaining. And, you know, they weren't there in the house. The lights were on by themselves. And I guess the next kind of thing was, you know, they told Dad that the little boy in the house, like he wouldn't sleep in his room. He was complaining about a man being in his room at night. These complaints were coming in thick and fast. These kind of weird goings on in the house. And Dad is just kind of getting sick of the complaints, to be honest. So he, uh, he spoke to some friends and they were like, you know, maybe get on to a priest. I guess this is back in the 90s when people went to priests for their problems. And I can't remember the name of the priest, but Dad knew him from town, just from growing up in Letterkenny. Uh, let's just call him Father Pat. He was like, yeah, I know what's happening. There's a guy in the diocese, uh, we have an exorcist. Apparently every, every diocese has an exorcist. Um, and he's like, well, listen, we can get him into the house and he, he can have a look at it for you. And so Dad, like, you know, he thinks the whole thing's a bit mad, but he agrees to um, organize for this exorcist to come to the house. At one point, he had to give the key to the house to the exorcist. He had to, like, travel to his house, and Dad just reckons he had the key with him. It was on the chain. Um, but when he got there to give it to the priest, the key wasn't there. And the priest just seemed pretty, like, indifferent. He was like, this happens all the time. The key will be there when we need it. And so apparently on the day of the, uh, the big exorcism, the key was in the door, ready to go. They started saying the rosary um, and other prayers in the downstairs of the house. And nothing was really happening, but the exorcist kind of was definitely picking up on the energy. I guess like an energy that didn't really want them there and was kind of just generally pissed at them. So he was like, well, this must not be the sort of epicenter of where it's all happening, you know. They told him about the little boy and the man in the room. And he's like, well, let's try the boys' room. So they do the... I guess the decade of the rosary again, and apparently the fourth decade of the rosary is the expulsion. And so the priest finishes the fourth decade, and they reckon they see a shadow go over the Eucharist on the table and pass out the window. Uh, and immediately the house like lights up again and people they, they start laughing as the shadow as soon as the shadow was out the window they started laughing there was like warmth in the house again and just they were just generally happy as if like they'd been wore down by something for so long and it was kind of lifted from them the exorcist explanation for like why the things were happening in the house was that like a previous tenant had done a Ouija board and hadn't let something in And whatever it let in, when it saw this new family with the, with the young children and like a, you know, a newborn baby, it kind of rebelled against like the purity of the kids and kind of focused its energy on this family and 
was just angry at kind of the purity coming into the house. Kids attract this energy. They don't really know why, but it's something to do with them being like pure, I guess. That's my story. The uh, exorcism of College Park. Wow, that was insightful and really interesting. Like, again, I love this story because of the many layers. Like, you begin with this problem, this physical problem in the house, the smell, and they didn't know what it was, and trying out all the different ways to fix it with the new fridge, ripping up the floor, deep cleaning, and then nothing really works. There's this, like, haunted house party. The little boy in the room with the man, like that is the worst. That is like the point in the scary movie where you're like, <laughs> there's like weird things going on. And then all of a sudden the little kid is like, oh, it's just Charlie in my room. He's been there for weeks. He, he's the big man that lives in the corner. And you're just like, no, get me out. It's over. I don't want to know. Let's just get out of here. <laughs> and then there's like the key that goes missing. That's like the priest is like, totally chill about it and he's like oh no like it's gonna be there when we need it like what do you mean it's gonna be there when we need it i had it in my pocket and now it's not my pocket and then they show up and it's in the door of the house like unless the priest is like in on it and he's like a little pickpocket or something like it seems to be the only way something like that would happen i've said before in the podcast that i'm fully skeptical like it's really interesting this story because pierce's dad sort of comes at it like the same way that I would, like I would try and take the practical steps. And then like, it's again, it's all about layers, isn't it? Like it's one thing leads to another thing, leads to another thing, leads to another thing. And when they're all stacked up together, that's when it's really difficult to explain what's actually happening. Like you can explain away one part, but all these things lined up and all these people having these experiences at the same time, that's when it becomes really unexplainable. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in again. If you have any comments on any part of this, the if you like the music in it, if you like, if you hate it, if you've got things you want to see, things you'd like to hear from the podcast, things that you've experienced yourself, things that you know about, stories, tales, everything and anything, you can get me at aonair.band on Instagram, A-O-N-A-I-R.band. Or you can email me shanachy.podcast, S-E-A-N-C-H-A-I dot podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, thank you so much for listening, tuning in and for being here with me today. Um, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>